0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Alex Tuccio, founder of Scout Day. Alex, how's it going?
0: Good, Paul. Thanks for having me on, man.
1: Really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. For sure. Thanks a lot. Now, let's just jump right into. It. Could you give us a brief background about yourself before I ask you some follow-up questions?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my background, I guess my life you can look at it in two ways. Uh, I'm an athlete turned entrepreneur in terms of my athletic career. I played baseball my entire life up until about three years ago uh, when I entered the business world, you know, baseball was my entire life. I did the whole you know travel ball, you know, took it very seriously coming up, went to boarding school, prep school, all in the hopes of getting a scholarship. so, That's really where uh, I formed my identity kind of in my my childhood, in my early days, my high school days. I was on the baseball field, was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to play D1 baseball. Uh, I ended up committing to Seton Hall University out of high school, and then from Seton Hall, I ended up transferring to Siena College, which is a D1 program uh, up in Albany, New York, and that's basically where I spent Three and a half years of my college career, so I would you know consider that to be a big chunk of uh, where I spent my time. And uh, while I was at Siena, I had the idea for my my current company, Scout Day, looking at kind of my troubles and experiences going through the recruiting and the scouting process, despite everything I did do to put myself uh, in a position to be successful. So, at Siena is where I had the idea for Scout Day. Um, was going to continue playing and pursue Masters in business at Rollins College following my graduation from Siena. Decided, uh, kind of on a gut feeling, to forego that and uh, commit to my business full time, literally right out of Siena. So uh, the story goes, you know, we made it to the MAC championship game my senior year. We got blown out on championship Sunday by, I think it was Fairfield or Marist. I don't even remember who it was, but we got our ass kicked. <laughs> and uh, I don't even remember the score. I'm pretty sure we're down by like 15 runs. We ran out of pitching, but it was me at the plate for the last out. Struck out on four pitches. I was pinch hitting in that game, and that was my last at bat. And uh, 24 hours later, after you know crying at the plate and crying after the game, I was in Boston, where I live now still to this day, and uh, made the move right away. And ever since then, I've just been heads down. Uh, in the business life, just making connections and and building my business. So um, it's been a lot of fun, but that's kind of, you know, my background. Like I said, it's kind of two buckets for me. You know, both of the uh, phases of my life are pretty tied together in that way. So that's how we got here today.
1: Yeah, definitely a wild way to end it right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely not ideal. I wish I had a more epic story, but (laughs) you know what? Maybe it is a good story. It's all about kind of the the failures of my baseball career and what I could have been as you know what drives me forward, and you know I, I have my own podcast as well. And I was just talking about this uh, this week actually in Laguna Beach with Ed Milet. Um Ed's you know huge entrepreneur yeah. has a massive podcast as well. Also a baseball player, and we talked about the same regret. I mean, this guy's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I'm not. I'm in the process of you know building my life resume and my own success. But this guy has it all, and it's those moments of failure that really drive us to much bigger things. So while it's not an epic story, like I had a game-winning hit or something, you know, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe it's that defining moment that uh, will define the rest of my life. So, you know, I'm grateful for the way that uh, it
1: ended, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe that led to to Scout Day. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I always ask athletes, like, what the recruiting process was like coming out of high school. So I know that was definitely big for you. So And I didn't even know, actually, until now you went to Seton Hall. So, so what was uh, the recruiting process like and like, maybe your likes and dislikes? Yeah, it was really tough. I mean, if any athlete says they like the recruiting
0: process, <laughs> they're either crazy or <laughs> one of the top players in the country because yeah. that's really the only way to uh, make it easy on yourself and your family. Um, is if you're either just insane and you love stress and chaos, or if you're just that good where you have the schools knocking on your door and those players do exist, yeah. um, across multiple sports. I wasn't one of those players. You know, I personally did not enjoy the recruiting process. It takes a lot of work. It's a huge financial commitment. It's a huge time commitment. I can only speak to kind of the baseball recruiting process because that's where I have, uh, my experience, but you know, going around to all these events, you know, all over the country just to get in front of these coaches, you know, it's a huge commitment not only for the athlete, but for the families and the parents especially as well. You know, they're the ones paying for it, you know, in the hopes of seeing a return in some sort of opportunity or scholarship or something like that. So it's definitely a tough process. It's complicated. And where it all changed for me was I was getting recruited, you know, 2011, 2012, uh, which is crazy. that That's seven years ago. But You know, at the time, I I really wasn't gathering much attention, uh, despite being, you know, one of the top high school players in New England. I was all New England twice Mm -hmm. in high school, my my sophomore, junior year. And yet, you know, here I was my senior year, uncommitted, you know, no real offers that I liked. And where it all changed for me. Was basically, I went to the cages one day with a teammate of mine, Pat Mazika. He now plays for the Mets and uh, he's Tim Tebow's roommate and all this stuff. And Pat and I went down the cages, and I was like, "I'm going to make a hitting video of my swing, and I'm going to put it on YouTube, and I'm going to send it to these coaches." And it sounds so obvious now, but like in 2011, 2012, like YouTube wasn't really that popular. Like the idea of sending a video yeah. was not something that was common. And so I just had this gut intuition that led me to do that. And so it was that video, and it's still on YouTube today. It's funny to watch now, but it was that video that, you know, got me in the door at Seton Hall. And uh, even funnier is when I was decided I was gonna leave Seton Hall and transfer, all I did was make another video, and that's what got me to Siena. So tying it all together to what I'm doing now in business, like I just I have I've had this own personal experience where I saw firsthand Uh, like the power of technology and the power of video. And that's what Scout Day is, is it's all about, you know, digitizing the recruiting process uh, in a mobile and, uh, you know, in a content in a data-driven way. And uh, so it's all based off of my own experience that I've seen firsthand over the last, I guess, five to seven years now. You know, technology has shifted. Everyone has an iPhone now. Like, it wasn't always that way. Like, it's still relatively new. So just to tie together what my recruiting process was like, and the direction that everything's going, like, scout day is kind
1: of falls into uh, the middle of that. Yeah, yeah. it's funny you say that about the YouTube video, because I had Daniel Rodriguez on, he went to Clemson, and he was in the Army before, like, going back to football, and that's exactly what he did, and that was, like, even earlier, I think it was maybe 2009, 2010, he made the video, then Dabo Sweeney saw it, and they got him on the team, stuff like that. And then, Yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. So It's, it's uh... I mean, yeah, it's, it's, our crazy,
0: video. it's crazy <laughs> for us, us guys, you know, mid 20s now, mm. you know, I think the younger generation, uh, like high school kids now, for example, like they've really, really grown up with technology. Like they've always had the iPad or yeah, yeah, a phone yeah. in their hands, like for our generation, like we're in an interesting spot because we had technology in our hands but we grew up through like my first cell phone for example was like the lg envy the phone (laughs) that was like horizontal you flip it open and then you have the keyboard like it was the coolest thing ever you know the bright orange envy phone and uh, so it's not like we didn't have technology but what we lived through and and especially in the sports side and like hearing danny's story you just said and, and kind of my story and you know thousands of other athletes is Like, we've lived through the transformation of this technology, which I think is a really interesting time frame to live through where, you know, we remember, like, the Nintendo 64 days and, like, the GameCube days and, like, where it is now at eSports. It's just – it's fascinating. You know what I mean? Technology is fascinating. So, you know, I enjoy being a part of it. You know, obviously there's a lot of negative sides with social media and stuff like that. But um, what I try to do is, uh, you know, develop solutions and, and
1: communities that have a positive impact. Yeah, definitely. And, and I remember like I think it was freshman year or like high school. I was still using like a floppy disk to like save stuff. Yeah. Like how those how little, wild like is that? USB ports or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. how how wild is that? It was like yeah, man. 10 years, ten ten years. That's like it's not that many years, you know. Yeah, man. But yeah, back to your baseball career and stuff. Overall, what was your experience like at Siena?
0: Honestly, it's quite poor. Um I feel <laughs> comfortable now talking about it and uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I've written a little bit about it and yeah you know, I've shared my experience through the scout day account as well, but, you know, honestly, it wasn't great. You know, my advice to players is to take more accountability. And that's something that I wish I did, you know, a year or two years out of Siena, you know, all I can look back and say, you know, the coaching staff did this to me, you know, the coaches didn't like me, I didn't play. But looking back, like what I tell players now is like, maybe, maybe we just need to look, uh, you know, in the mirror as athletes and as people. And when things aren't going our way, just take accountability and just be like, look, maybe we're not good enough. Like maybe our talent isn't as good as we think it is. And we're just not deserving of the opportunity that we're fighting for and, you know, shedding blame for. And so I was just one of those players. And I think there's, you know, thousands, if not millions of athletes across all sports who struggle with the idea of, you know, politics or, you know, coaches not liking that, whatever it might be. Like there's a lot of, Uh, excuses and stories that we tell ourselves um, Mm -hmm. as athletes if things aren't going well. You know, if things are going great, obviously it's easy to just keep it rolling and, you know, you're in the lineup every day and stuff. But I wasn't one of those players, and that was hard for me. Coming out of high school, you know, being a key part of, you know, one of the top 25 high school programs in the country, transitioning to basically a a role player at Um, Siena. I felt like my abilities were better than I was – you know, given an opportunity to show, but what I should have done differently is I should have, you know, stepped up my game to meet the challenge and really earn the opportunity. Um, I think I struggled with a sense of entitlement and stuff like that. And you know, the narrative has shifted for me. The narrative I tell myself has shifted from looking at that experience to where I am today in business and. I look at everything I've been through as just one big lesson where maybe my baseball career was simply uh, in my life, you know, for 21 years to set the foundation for my career in business. Like I really feel like business is what I was born to do. You know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Like I I believe in things like the fact that it's in my blood. Like I believe in like the DNA aspect and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so that's what I look at, you know, my career at Siena and just like the overall, when I look back on my career is, you know, there were a lot of challenges, you know, a lot of things that I went through. And uh, it's those challenges that hold me accountable now as a businessman and an entrepreneur. And uh, so that, that's how I look back at it is like maybe it was just, uh, especially the sport of baseball being a game of failure and everything, you know, baseball players go through. That's kind of how I look at it now is uh, just setting the foundation. And uh, there's definitely adversity that I went through uh, throughout my career, especially towards the end. That you know created a sense of an accountability that
1: I didn't have before, so uh, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. And I think I saw the other day. It was maybe it was a meme or just like a status or something. And it was like, don't go for the school for like the bumper sticker. Go pick it based on if you're gonna play or not, something like that.
0: I'm a huge fan of that. That's yeah. actually one of the uh, the things that I've you know put out there yeah, myself. I think, yeah, that's I was I've gonna say. I think it. I
1: saw it on. You might have posted it, maybe. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. I have posted that. It's funny because that's kind of what I did, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's why I post it. Is, uh, it's something I know the feeling that these athletes have and the parents have right. of, you know, you see cars driving around, especially in suburban areas, you know, the big SUVs. Like, I know you're a Connecticut guy. Like, right. you drive around Fairfield County, and it's all about, you know, what uh, what bumper sticker you have on your Chevy Suburban or your Range Rover, you know what I mean? Like, that's the area that I grew up in in the – you know, looking at what these parents want out of their kids and the pressure these kids are under, you know, you shouldn't be doing it for what's on the back of the car. You should be doing it for, you know, the stories that you're going to be able to tell, you know, 10, 20, you know, 50 years down the road about your experience. You know, you got to think yeah. about that stuff. And it's it's hard to wrap our heads around something like that with a decision as big as, you know, you can only really go to college once for the most part. Yeah. So, you know, unless you transfer something like I did, you know, it's it's a big decision. So.
1: Yeah, especially for an athlete, then your clock is ticking, too, with the play four years over five years or whatever it is. Something exactly. Like yeah. Yep, 100%. So all this, I'm assuming, happened for a reason, and then that's how pretty much you figured out the way to create the Scout Day app. So like, how did you think about it at the beginning, and like, w- what was the development process like? Um, so how did I think about it at the beginning? To me, it felt like
0: a no-brainer. Like just thinking about the logical way that the recruiting process works, it's very much like social media. It's all about how much attention you can gather, and so to me, the idea of having a digital platform uh, that's basically a community that has a critical mass of players and a critical mass of coaches existing in a mobile native environment just made total sense. It's how you know the, the showcases in the baseball industry that charge you know hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. For a weekend of games um, and workouts, just to get that coach's attention, like it's the same business model, just in a different medium. You know, and our advantage as being a tech platform is a few things. One, it's the cost. Like we don't need to charge a hundred dollars or five hundred or a thousand dollars. It can be very inexpensive for the players. It can be free for the coaches. Um, And then we also don't have to deal with things like you know we, we need to rent a field or we need to deal with the weather or we need to you know, schedule a time where all the coaches are available to, you know, come to a showcase event. So there's just a lot of flexibility and advantages to being a tech platform. So that's how I thought of it was I just kind of reverse engineered the logic of the recruiting process and like, how can I apply what's worked and proven in other business models in a tech and, you know, native mobile environment. So that's really how I thought about it. In terms of the the actual development, that's probably the hardest part. You know, our strong suit at Scout Day and kind of my strong suit as an entrepreneur um, is definitely on the digital side, you know, the branding side. We have 106,000 followers now on Instagram, and that's really what's kept us alive. You know, we've encountered a lot of challenges um, with the app development itself. And, uh, you know, for people who listen to this, who have an app idea, which there's a lot of people who have app ideas, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. Um, for you know, sure. happy to provide, you know, kind of my Instagram, if anyone ever listens to this and wants to reach out and, uh, needs advice in terms of, you know, going after an app idea and actually executing it, uh, happy to you know, provide my info. So, uh, people have someone, uh, in their corner to get some advice because for me I was just grinding man like I just wanted to make it work and it was almost uh, my drive and desire to make it work where I definitely skipped a few steps in terms of due diligence throughout the app process and uh, that's where I've made a lot of my mistakes to be honest with you um, in business is you know working with the wrong people or the wrong groups um, on the app side and uh, it burns you because it's not something you understand if you don't know how to code you know so uh, yeah it's definitely a tough process but I'm happy to uh, you know, hopefully use this podcast as an avenue to reach, you know, one or two or several people who have app ideas who need the help, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think probably creating an app is probably one of the most hardest things in the technology world right now. And, it's,
0: and it definitely has huge upside, and I think yeah. that's why people yeah, yeah. like it. And I think it's also, you know, we use our phones every day for hours yeah. and hours, so <laughs> like apps are something that are easily understood now, but it's definitely what you don't appreciate as just a casual user of these platforms like Instagram and stuff is like what goes into it to make them work the way that they do. It's really not that easy, you know? And that's something that I didn't really account for getting into the business, but it's something now two and a half years later that I definitely do understand. So
1: yeah, for sure. Can you give me like a brief summary on it? Like explaining like how the scout day app works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So basically it's a video based app. We have 15,000 players, so far, who have signed up for the app, uh, 650 colleges. And basically, as a player, if you're a player listening to this or a parent of a player, you sign up with your email. Uh, it's really easy. Create a username, password, put in all your basic information, your position, graduation year, all that stuff. You submit your video, and uh, that's pretty much it. Like the sign up process is uh, very simple. It's a very simple app right now. Uh, we're working on uh, releasing a second version um, that will expand it a little bit, but basically, you know, like I explained earlier, it's all about showcasing your video footage in the same way you would showcase your talent, you know, if you're on a physical baseball field. Um, So basically using the app, once you create that profile, you can express interest to the schools directly through the app, you know, using the interface. And then the college coaches on their end can flip through, they can search for players based on specific criteria. And then, you know, they can also express their interest. And uh, if the interest is mutual, you know, very similar to the Tinder and Bumble model, um, <laughs> then a conversation, dude. I, it, it's funny, and I regret, I regret that. Like, the, that's what I have to compare it to. Yeah. But if you think about the yeah. logic of the recruiting process, it all goes back to the core thesis of how can I build a platform that makes sense? Yeah. Like, think about recruiting. If I'm a player, I'm not going to go to a school or have a conversation with a coach if the school's not interested in me.
1: Yeah.
0: And if, <laughs> as a college coach, I'm not going to be able to recruit a player if they don't know what my school is, who I am. Uh, or if they're interested at all so like as a recruiting platform why should we allow any other conversation to happen where there's not mutual interest and it's yeah. very similar to dating and like obviously it's an entirely different market yeah, but like yeah. the, the core premise of like how I came up with the idea was like literally came to me in like one day and uh a friend of mine Wayne Mazzoni you probably know Wayne he's a coach at Secret Heart I texted him and I was like dude what do you what do you think I didn't say dude yeah, <laughs> he needs do a baseball good but I was yeah. like, "Here's my idea. Here's my vision," and he was like, "I love it." And from there, I was like, "All right, Wayne. Wayne knows a lot of recruiting stuff. You know, he signed off on it. Must be a good idea." And that's how we ultimately pushed into development. And that's what took us so long was basically not to rant too long, but basically we were developing another app. It was like super, super built out, and mm-hmm. I was like, "I hate this." Like, I don't know if I can curse on the show, but like, I, I was like, "I yeah. fucking hate like what I designed." Like, and anyway. I trashed that because I, I was uneasy about pushing it into development, but, like, I had gone so far getting the app designed and stuff, I was like, I have no choice but to design this now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the idea, I remember where I was sitting when I texted Wayne about this. I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was like, what do you think of this? And so we just trashed what we worked on for, like, four or five months, you know? Like, I probably wasted the first – I wouldn't say wasted, but basically the first six to eight months – of my business. Like we built a website, Mm -hmm. you know, that no longer exists. You know, we designed an app that we never even pushed into development. So there's just a lot of lessons learned, basically, I guess is the way to look at it. You know, in the early days of starting a business, you know, you just have to push through those challenges and, you know, bring to market a a product that makes sense. And, uh, you know, surround yourself with people like I did, um, who know the space extremely well that you're in, you know, like someone like Wayne Mazzoni, who's written books and Mm -hmm. things like that and recruiting and you know, three MLB players who invested in my business. Um, so it's, you know, it's all about your network as well. That's also key.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like baseball, I think business is just like game of failures. hundred percent. And, 100%. and uh, I just saw you went to Dominican Republic recently. So tell me about that experience because it looked like really mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, So,
0: the, so like I mentioned earlier, you know, Scout Day, we've developed an amazing community. You know, I can't say I didn't think this would ever happen because I did I I knew what I could do and I knew what I had in mind when I wanted to build this community I knew that there was big potential but to have actually have now you know 106,000 people organically following us on Instagram is uh, a huge opportunity I'm extremely grateful for but it also comes with a responsibility and so basically in terms of the Dominican Republic I looked at what we built from our community and I was like you know if you look at our content it's a lot of showcasing player videos and stuff like that and, uh, you know, when the new year hit this year with 2019, I was like, I want to expand on this. Like we clearly have something here with our audience, like mm-hmm. how do we leverage this for the good of the game? And so what popped in my mind was I was like, well, there's all these young athletes around the world and we always hear the amazing, you know, 30 for 30 stories and E 60 stories when they make it to the big leagues, yeah. like who's, who's on the ground communicating with these 14, 16, 18 year old athletes when they're young and going through the challenges of being a teenager and all the transformation, like who's telling those stories. And so that's the decision that I made six weeks ago around the new year, just rethinking kind of the business. Like I want to tell the stories that matter in the game. And uh, Manuel, who's a 14 year old prospect down there. um, He's a phenom. He's an amazing shortstop. Um, I have no doubt he's going to sign, you know, probably 16 years old when he's allowed to, you know, with a big league team. But anyway, I had met him in Jupiter for a tournament uh, in October, and he was just a really well-spoken kid. Like He doesn't necessarily speak English well, but just very well put together. Um, He puts out a lot of content on his social media, and I see the fields that he's practicing on and stuff, and I see like just the resources he he has at his disposal are so much different and and honestly less than what the American kids have here in the States. And so I wanted to tell our first story and kind of an original content, branded content way down in the Dominican boots on the ground, showing the, not just the American kids, but we have followers from all over the world. Mm -hmm. You know, what are these prospects in the Dominican, the youth prospects, like look what they have to work with and compare it to what you have. And then rethink kind of those excuses that you want to tell me about, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever's going on. So that's really what that was all about. But yeah, we, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have uh, two content people who I work with now who are really, really good, really experienced, and uh, we're looking forward to telling more uh, what I call stories that matter, you know, in the
1: game through our platform. Yeah, for sure. I think that was a great idea, especially like you were just saying, just just to see what they don't have and what we have here, and they make a lot more out of less. Right, 100%. And now I know you, you also have your a podcast too, The Player's Impact, so what was the idea behind that?
0: So, just briefly, so the Players Impact is a uh, private group of pro athletes based here in Boston. Uh, it's 130 or so pro athletes across several sports. All of them are either running their own companies or are actively investing in companies or a little bit of both. And so I got connected with Tracy, who runs the Players Impact uh, living here in Boston, uh, offered her my assistance. I felt like I had a skill set um, on the growth side and kind of the marketing and branding side that could help them. And so Uh, Just a tip for people listening to this, if you want something, uh, an opportunity that feels synergistic with a bigger goal that you have, offer to do it for free. Um, I know Gary Vee is someone who talks about that, and that's actually what I did. I was like, look, I'll I'll grind for you, Tracy. Like I I believe in the idea and the vision of the group, and so um, that's how I got involved. If you want more information on it, it's uh, theplayersimpact.com is the website. Um, And so one of the ideas that I brought to Tracy was I was like, look, we have all these amazing people involved. I think... If we create a podcast platform, you know, it could be really good for these athletes and other sports business leaders to, you know, showcase their stories and tell their stories of sports, kind of like what we're doing today. Where it's like tie mm-hmm. tie together the journey of being a pro athlete and all that goes into it, and tied together to business and what these people are doing now uh, currently. And so that was my pitch to her. We started the podcast uh, maybe six weeks ago. Was the first episode and. It's been amazing, an amazing transformation Uh, in a very short period of time. You know, I've gone from interviewing some amazing people, but mainly through the TPI group to now, you know, I've had Steve Weatherford, um, who's a Super Bowl champion, you know, now fitness influencer, amazing guy. I've had him on the episode, uh, like I mentioned earlier. I just did Ed Milet out in Laguna Beach at his home, which was an amazing experience. He has the fastest growing business podcast in the world himself. Um, and he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. So that was really cool. And uh, we have a lot of more exciting guests um, that I can't really talk about now. But, you know, definitely working on securing uh, even more people. We're not going to stop now all because, you know, we're getting a lot of good guests. But, you know, all these people, like I said, the focus of the podcast is it's a sports business podcast. Mm-hmm. And by definition, it's quite literally a sports and business podcast because we cover both. You know, I, as the host, try to tie together these stories um, for the audience and, uh, you know, in a way that makes sense, and so it's, it's definitely a really exciting opportunity, and as you know, uh, you know, one of the benefits of hosting your own podcast is uh, getting to meet and talk to, yeah. you know, a lot of amazing people directly. That's one of the benefits, selfishly, as the host, and so um, that's part of why I went to Tracy and said, I want to be the guy to do it. You know, I saw the yeah. vision for it. Personally, I'm an introverted person. I don't know if it's easy to tell, but, like, public speaking, all that stuff is not something I have a ton of experience with. I'm still learning how to host and ask questions that make sense and flow an interview in the way that makes sense and you know right now we're just bootstrapping it you know like even right. with ed Milette, someone who has his own crew and you know millions of views and downloads on his podcast like i showed up with an iphone tripod right. and two mics i bought on amazon that were twenty dollars <laughs> each and uh, we sat with the pacific ocean in the background and we recorded the podcast like no fancy equipment or mics or anything like that we're just We're grinding. So it's a lot of fun and a cool
1: opportunity. Yeah. I I literally just posted the Instagram story right before this to show people that you don't need fancy equipment to start a podcast. Right. (laughs) And it's funny because Ed,
0: you know, Ed's a great dude and it was fun hanging out with him. and uh, you know, he was, he offered to make a whole bunch of intros, you know, for our show and stuff, and which was really nice of him, but he was like, look, you gotta get better equipment, and I was like, Ed, you know, come on, man, like, everyone starts somewhere, and he wasn't saying it, like, in a condescending way, yeah, yeah, he was just like, you know, if you really want to do a good job in the future, you know, it's not that expensive, is basically what he was saying, he wasn't saying, like, you guys are a joke, like, yeah, yeah, he totally understood why we're doing it, but yeah, I mean, you gotta start somewhere, so if you're looking to start a podcast, and I'm sure you can speak to this, like... You, know, you definitely want to grind it out at the beginning but uh if you can afford better equipment it's only going to help and uh especially if your goal is on uh good guests and big and big time guests you know people who get presented with a lot of opportunities you know they're going to be looking for professional quality so it's important for sure
1: yeah for sure are you doing like the video in- interview with them or was it just the podcast or both
0: um so yeah so we wanted to do video ones previously so we've done eight episodes um i would say the last few have been big like dave Meltzer, he's a big uh, person on instagram like we had him on he's a mentor of mine as well and like we wanted to do video with dave down at the super bowl but like it ended up not working out because like the lighting and like the room that we were in didn't really yeah. work out but ed was the first one that we did video with you know i was supposed to record in person with steve weatherford as well and get video that didn't work out but yeah i mean I, I like the video aspects because I know for me personally with podcasts I listen to, sometimes I listen on YouTube. Sometimes I listen on iTunes. It just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes having the visual aspect is cool. So if I'm going to grow it, you know, I kind of want to be able to meet both audiences.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. And wh- what are your future plans for this year and beyond? And your um,
0: yeah. So I'm working on a, a couple big things. I can't really talk about publicly just because of legality stuff and, you know, just uh, I want to play my cards close, close to the chest. But, yeah, man, I, I have a lot of big plans for this year. It's already been an amazing year. I mean, in six weeks, you know, I've met some people I've been trying to meet for years. And, uh, you know, might take me many more years to meet them. Like, you know, Gary V, Dave Meltzer, Ed, Milet, you know. Like, it's yeah. just been an amazing six weeks or seven weeks so far in 2019. So I'm super excited for you know, the rest of the year and beyond. And, uh, you know, I should be able to share, um, a bunch of things I've been working on for a very long time, hopefully very soon. So yeah, man, I wish I could give you more information, but a lot <laughs> of it is just, uh, because of the nature of business, can't really You're talk about to, it too but, uh... much. Exactly. You know me once it, once it happens, I'll let the world know. Yeah. But, uh, right now it's, I'm playing definitely the cards close to the chest, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, what would you say like makes you successful with, with your journey so far?
0: Um, well first of all i I don't want to give the impression i am successful like i face a lot of the same challenges that a lot of entrepreneurs face you know I, i do like to share a lot of stuff on social media i try to keep it real i try to talk about the challenges as well but that being said i've been fortunate to have a lot of good opportunities and a lot of good things happen for me and uh you know to be honest with you i've been thinking about this a lot and i think the one thing is just network man like it's I think there's there's something when I talk to people, and I don't mean this in an arrogant or cocky way, like I just I, for some reason, people emotionally connect with what I am saying or doing or what I'm offering. And I don't know how to describe it, but it's all about getting in touch with the right people, having those people help you accelerate yourself to your goals. And uh, that's what's happened to me this year is especially being involved with something like the players' impact, which is, so synergistic with something like I'm doing with scout day and the sports space. Like it's just opened up so many doors so quickly. And all I'm doing is volunteering my time when I can for free. And I get to go to all these events, I get to host this podcast. Like honestly, I should be paying for the opportunity that I have, let alone just doing it for free and stuff like that. You know? So I would say you gotta put yourself in a position to be successful by getting in touch with the right people. Um, I do a lot of business development using, Instagram DM and LinkedIn, yeah. and uh, I'm not afraid to do the outreach. I'm not afraid to put in the time and the effort to get in touch with these these people who I'm trying to reach. And uh, I've been fortunate to have some success uh, doing that. So there's some practical advice for those of you who just kind of sitting listening to this, and you're looking to make some moves. Grind, grind through those DMs. Um, you know, you're most likely not going to get a reply. You know, from a lot of the people you're trying to reach. But I've been fortunate to get you know the five to ten replies that have changed my life. And I've sent hundreds of messages, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, when you say successful, if you look at the numbers, I wouldn't really call it successful. It's just, I've had enough success where, you know, it feels, it feels good to at least be making progress towards the bigger dream, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've, I've been telling people, like, you just got to DM for business. Like, it's not just yeah. sli- sliding into girl's DMs and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> right.
0: A hundred percent. No, you're exactly yeah. right. I've seen you put out that stuff and. You know, I think just, just to touch on this, I know, you know, we're, we're going a little bit long here, but I think a lot of people with all the social media stuff Mm -hmm. in 60 seconds or less, like it takes a lot of time to build brand, to build community, to get in touch with these people via DM. Mm -hmm. And I think people try for 24, 48 hours or even like a (laughs) few days or a week. But then when they don't get the replies, they just forget about it and they just move on to the next thing. Like everyone loves the uh, instant gratification of doing this stuff. And, uh, I think that's what separates me and that's kind of the second part is like I'm in such a mindset of like I know I'm going to make it that like the struggle and like the rejection and the no replies and stuff like that, it genuinely doesn't get me down. And for some reason, even on the toughest days, I'm not saying I don't have days where I don't want to just give up and pack it in and you know say I'm a failure and all this stuff. Like I have those days, but I have the ability for some reason, I would call it will call it whatever, where I wake up the next day. And maybe I learned this in baseball, you know, short memory and rebounding from adversity and stuff. But like, I know I'm going to push forward. I know even if I feel like quitting, I'm not going to. And I think by having kind of my spirit and my mind aligned in that way, it's allowed me to push through uh, some of the challenges where maybe some other people would have stopped. And I think that's a huge difference as well um, in terms of getting to the point that I have.
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel you on that. Just like, yeah, I have bad days. Sometimes you go to bed and you wake up and you're you're like, whatever, forget that day and you go on to the next day. And I and I just want to tell the people how we connected because it was through, I remember it's through social media. And I remember I was just, I went on one of my friends, Eric Stone, you're, I know, you know him too. And yep. I, I just followed, I was like literally just following all of his followers and I followed you. And then that's how we connected just via DM. And that's how we're here today. <laughs> Pretty all much, right. which is crazy. So, and <clears throat> That was a couple of years ago now. Right, 100%, man. So let's just get to these last fun questions. So are you ready for those? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, so top five favorite baseball players of all time.
0: <laughs> Got to go with uh, Jeter, A-Rod, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, love Aaron Judge. I love what Aaron Judge is about. I know he's kind of newer to the game. Yeah. And, uh, man, five, and Mariano, man. I, I mean, I know that's very Yankee-heavy, <laughs> but uh, – yeah, those are probably my top five that come to mind yeah, right can't, you away. You can't
1: go, can't go wrong with those guys. Yeah, exactly. And when you're not uh, doing, you know, entrepreneurial stuff, what, what do you like to do in your free time?
0: I uh, love to work out. Um, I consider myself an amateur boxer. I, I go to boxing class almost every day here in Boston. Honestly, it sounds lame, but I love the work, man. Like, I, I'd be pumped to have, like, meetings all day, and especially if they're productive ones, like, Dude, like, the the progress of of business, like, there's no better feeling than, like, having that good phone call or closing that deal or, you know, getting that investment from that investor you want. Like, that's what I love doing. But uh, I'd say, like, fitness and golf. Like, I love to golf when the weather's nice, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I would say those are probably my two hobbies for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, tell the people where they can follow you at.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Like I offered earlier, if anyone ever wants, you know, advice or just wants to talk, Uh, My Instagram is at AJTuccio, and it's spelled A-J-T-U-C-C-I-O, one word. You know, feel free to, as Paul said, slide in my DMs. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I do read them, and I try to reply to everybody as quick as I can. So definitely hit me up there. And if you want to follow Scout Day and be a part of that community, it's just Scout Day app, one word, um, on Instagram, too. Would really appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks for having me.